0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. Shout out to Bob Blake, who we just moved into his uh, new apartment in Greenwich Village. We were waiting outside by the moving truck, and this kid named Sean walked up to us, points at us, and says, you guys, Jews, for Jesus' peace.
1: Right, which, you know... In hindsight, maybe he shouldn't have said you guys are Jews. Look, this
0: could have gone in any any different number of
1: directions. It was but... almost
0: like we were being rounded up. But I'm glad that he appreciates our music video and and song Jews for Jesus Peace. Anyway, Jeff, if people wanna find us, where can they find us? They can find us on
1: soundcloud.com, they can find us on iTunes. We can go to their place and recreate it for
0: them. Is there any episode that you'd like to recreate? Yeah. In let's
1: uh let's go over there and recreate the
0: Gunplay Amigos episode. All Why right. not? Hit us up. We'll come over and we'll do that. We should probably get into this Casserole. next episode. <laughs> we should get into this next episode with Toré, who you know him from Sirius, and you know him from his rapping. His new album out called entitled. And when do you want to start it, Jeff? Not now, but like right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Fish Tacos, aka
1: Real Rap. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, aka Floor Length Furs, aka Bearskin
2: Rugs. Hey, how you guys doing? My name is Toré Bartholomew Jeffrey Carr. Woo. That's what my mom named me. And I'm here with these guys.
0: It's to waste of time with this the real.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those
0: are
2: not my real names, by the way. Oh, really?
0: You don't even have like a communion name or something?
2: <laughs> no, I don't have a communion name. I got a community name, though. Uh, what's in a that? Community? They call me Spice. <laughs> mm. They used to call me back in the day. Spice like the spice like
0: the, like dill. No, like dill. I thought I thought it was like spice like the um like the the synthetic weed or whatever that is like Oh wow, K2. Everybody. Is that what these kids are doing these days? It's really That's terrible. what Eric and I do. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I That's what you general. do before you got here. That's
1: how I uh, keep all the weight off.
2: Um, <laughs> all all of, all of the cool guys in my neighborhood had ice in their name. Like it was Ice, it was Slice, it was Nice. <laughs> and so I became Spice. I named myself Spice.
0: You gave yourself the nickname? Yes. I'm not so mad at that. Like, as years go by, like, at first, I w- like, when I was young, I was just like, no one can give themselves their nickname. You have to uh, give in one. I still agree with that. I lived with a guy well, in college.
2: Well, I always, though. So right, yeah. I going to use my government name. What kind of idiots use their government name no rap? <laughs> Yo, you, you
1: Real do. Real names, oh, no gimmicks. Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, I lived in, a, in in college. I lived with this guy who named himself Teabag. bag <laughs> And... One day I was um, sitting in my room And like uh, it overlooked the parking lot And I just see him <laughs> Chanting his name as he walked through Like he was just going tea bag, tea. tea bag And I and then like you know it stops And I guess he takes the elevator up And then it continues as he goes down the hall Comes in the apartment and for like 15 minutes He was just chanting tea bag
2: <laughs> Maybe he just tea something
1: maybe maybe, maybe.
2: triumph victory round or something. What a life. I
1: don't know. He also got chlamydia, which is a cool story. <laughs> anyway. Shots <laughs> to T-Bag. Yeah.
0: So uh today we made salmon for uh, uh Ture. Yeah, being that it is a food podcast. Right. Uh we ran into Terray most recently uh up at Red Rooster in Harlem for yeah. for the premiere. I think it was it was a premiere or it was a, it was yeah, a, it was screening. a screening. Yeah, yeah. Of the breaks on VH1, which is based off Dan Charnis' phenomenal book, and everyone should go out there and get it. It's called The Big Payback. Um, and it's it's loosely based off that uh, there were original characters, and Teray uh, was in there and also at the screening. And so Teray and I were talking. Right. And Teray said he made this sort of like change in his diet where he was looking to lose some weight and had been eating only salmon. Is that correct?
2: That is very correct. So. And that we, was do, less Jeff? than a month ago. And so
0: we
1: made you salmon in papillote, one of our favorite uh, things to make around here. It
2: looks amazing. Yeah, we made it for a,
1: Bodega Bams. Zucchini and and shallot. 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 Yep. yep. And
0: shallot. lemon and and salt and pepper. We made
1: it for Bodega Bams. He ate everything including the lemon. <laughs> so, Terrey walks in
0: and goes, "So I don't eat salmon anymore." <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the what's the what's the well, what's the diet now and what's the basis?
2: Um I've just decided as of January 1st that I was going to totally take all like meat, fish, poultry, everything out of my diet and go vegetarian for a month and see how I feel. Um, you know, it's kind of like a detox cleanse. Obviously, I'm looking to drop a little more weight. So it was all those things wrapped in one. Had I known that you guys were going to make me amazing salmon. Couldn't delay it for like. I would have held off. Until... Well, it almost feels like we
1: should have done the podcast in 2015. Like it's our fault. It. That we is our fault. isn't it? About a week, ago, a week mm-hmm.
2: ago.
1: All right.
0: Let's. Can we take it back to the old school? <laughs> what we're going to do right here is go back. You're from Coney Island. Facts. And Coney Island is the last stop on the train. (laughs) More facts. (laughs) Where specifically are you from in Coney Island?
2: I'm from 23rd Street between Surf and Mermaid. Two-third, as we affectionately have labeled it in the neighborhood.
0: How many brothers and sisters do you have?
2: I have, well, you guys are white, so you might count these differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have any full brothers and sisters. Okay. Like my mom and dad only had me. They they got it right the first time. Yep. It was like, we good. From my mom, I have a younger brother and a younger sister. From my dad, I have a younger brother and a younger sister.
0: Did you grow up with them? I grew up with
2: my mom's kids in okay. my house. We my dad was gone. You know, he went off. He did he did his diddy bop thing. Mm-hmm. And um so I lo- I grew up with my mom obviously and she had two more kids and that's who I grew up with. So That we are closer because we grew up together, so we are closer. But you know, I look at them all equally as my my brothers and sisters.
1: What is it like growing up on Coney Island? Because obviously, people understand like there's hot dogs, there's the wonder wheel, right? There's like the Warriors, yeah.
3: The
2: Warriors
1: wanted to end up there, yeah. And there's the boardwalk,
2: and there's the boardwalk, and that's pretty much what most people get from Coney Island. But Mm -hmm. Coney Island is in Brooklyn. And as I mean, it goes, Brooklyn, <laughs> It's the very last tip of Brooklyn, but it's still in the borough. Now you know, growing up in Coney Island, like obviously, as a kid, you don't know that everywhere else don't have these things, right? You know, you don't realize that you live in like this place where it's an attraction, people coming to. So, you know, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, the Bronx got like a zoo, and you just thinking everywhere is like you know kind of similar. And then you grow up, and then you realize like, wow, this was like prime real estate. Like it's a lot of amazing things here, but. We grew up a few blocks away from well, all the fun stuff. We were in the hood in the projects. Um and it's just like any other project in in the city or you know anywhere around the world. It was crime, it was guns, it was heavy crack. You know, I grew up in the crack era, so it was heavy crack and um
0: What were your projects called?
2: Carry Gardens. Mm-hmm. Carry Gardens or some people called it the Carry Garbage, you know, just cuz I was, would never
1: was, was fil- You would never would, Carry Garbage. Well, that too. But I would <laughs> never I would never call it that.
2: Yeah, carry gardens too. I would call it That's
1: Corny right? Island though. Shit. Boy, I'm gonna
2: pluck you. <laughs> little bitch. No beans, Jeff. <laughs> no beans for you. Um, I brought my own beans. You guys left that out. No no, you did you do bring your own beans. Got my own beans. <laughs> Travel with me. I like my the man. idea
1: of you just carrying your own beans around.
2: I mean who else is gonna carry my beans,
0: bro? <laughs> You're I a rapper, goodbye. you don't got a, a bean guy?
2: No, you know what? I had a weed carrier, Mm -hmm. and I don't smoke weed, Mm -hmm. so he got fired. Mm -hmm. I probably should have kept him to carry my beans. (laughs) Rick
1: Ross has someone who massages his head, his scalp. That's That's a real job. Yeah.
2: I saw when he was on uh, the real, no pun intended. Uh, oh, the other real. He had um, wait, was it real or was it windy? No, I think it was the other real, and he had like a, 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 a imposter, not an imposter, a clone. Oh yeah, not a clone. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. have like another a, guy. Yeah, it was a doppelganger. Re- yes, it was doppelganger. There like, you go. Like
0: Saddam Hussein had like multiple, like right, in, in case, case anyone wants to a, like shoot him.
2: Case, <laughs> yeah. Like, so he goes, I'm gonna pay you a thousand dollars a day. <laughs> To get clapped at, well, Mm -hmm. possibly.
1: (laughs) It's it's like the Secret Service, you know. I
2: suppose he's
1: got his own Secret Service. Yeah, Yeah, but like Obama doesn't have people who look like him around.
2: Right, he has got a bunch of guys mm. in suits.
1: I mean, they also have weapons and earpieces, but <laughs> helicopters,
2: definitely, definitely and, got yeah. earpieces, mm-hmm. um, earpiece galore. So,
0: <laughs> earpieces galore is is um, Lira <laughs> <Yeah>. Galore's <laughs> Her <laughs> nickname, <laughs> yeah. Old times back in. So, um, okay, so you grew up on Coney Island. Do you feel like it's totally separate from the rest of of Brooklyn? Yes. Are you shut off from the rest of Brooklyn? Are you moving well, around?
2: Well, it's an island, so you got to take a boat to get there. No. <laughs> I guess it's Coney Peninsula, though, right? Right. Because it's, really it's surrounded
0: by this changes it's everything. Yeah. yeah, right.
2: It's everything. It's everything they've taught you has been wrong in these history books. Mm-hmm. Coney Island was definitely, you know, like we said, it's the very southern part of the borough of Brooklyn. And I feel like a lot of times people didn't necessarily counted as a part of Brooklyn you know people like yeah that's not Brooklyn that's you know they thought it was some far off shit like Long Island or Staten Island or, you know it had an island on it so they just assumed I'm like but, no
0: it's Brooklyn but what do you, you think it's part of Brooklyn like
2: you it's can, absolutely Brooklyn I mean it's part of Brooklyn we got 112 in our zip codes no, Brooklyn but,
0: but beyond like technicalities like do you guys consider it <laughs> beyond like, the fact that, <laughs> that if you look at a map is, and right, it's there <laughs>
2: Uh, geographically, <laughs> right. it's there. Yeah, but do you feel like it's that, not? Nah, you know what? I think we we spent so much time trying to prove ourselves, trying to prove that Coney Island was a part of Brooklyn. Even as recently as maybe like three months ago, there was a um. You know, everybody was doing they straight outta. You know? Yeah, right. So Caseley had a straight out of Brooklyn. And, like, they they called the meeting. Like, people called me that I haven't spoken to in years. And they were like, yo, we got to sit down. We got to talk about this. What? So, I show up because I'm a Coney Island guy. So, I show up <laughs> to the meeting. And they're like, yo, they still disrespecting us. It was nobody from Coney Island on their straight out of Brooklyn song. And we got to make our own song. and Wow. I was like, yo, it's still that real. Like, people still care that much. Yo, we, we definitely always felt... Like we had to prove ourselves Like we You know they kind of treat us Like we were the step kids Of Brooklyn Yeah. Right. Because it was like Bed-Stuy You know what I'm saying It was like East New York And it was like Oh Coney Island You guys got a beach And a Wonder Whale And cotton candy Like shit is sweet But <laughs> it ain't sweet You <laughs> little bitch
0: But really When it comes to like Your own When you're like Oh Stefan Like that's our guy Right, right, right When right. he made it to the NBA You're like Where's he from Not from Brooklyn
2: Coney Island Coney Island <laughs> Absolutely You know we've had um, seven guys make it to the NBA Can you name all neighbor. seven? Can I name all seven? Stephon Marbury Sebastian Telfair Those are the easy ones <laughs> Quincy mm. Um Kristop uh, Porzingis Lance <laughs> Stevenson uh, Norm Richardson Jamel Thomas that's six. Maybe it was just six. If eight. you get
0: pulled over in Brooklyn, this is, this should be what the cops like ask you. Like, yeah, exactly. Be sober.
2: <laughs> like, you know what? Name everybody from Coney Island <laughs> that made it to the league. <laughs> um, if I'm missing anybody, I'm going to get beat up. But I think that's it.
0: <laughs> Are you playing ball at all?
2: You know what? I knew from a very early age that it were guys in my neighborhood that were ridiculously good at basketball. Mm-hmm. I was not one of those people. Mm-hmm. And so I focused my talents on the arts. You really? Know, rapping and you drawing been, and You should have been, been an NBA scout. I should have been a scout. I was like, yeah, yo, what? just come to my block. Yeah. They're right here. <laughs> They're
3: right here.
0: But, but like, where is here? You know, it's just so far. <laughs> Did you watch the J Cole documentary? I just actually caught it uh, last night, night yeah. before last. I thought it was really actually. Yeah, it was really really, really good. It was really um, put together yeah. really well. In it, he mentions he's like, "Oh, I knew guys that could have been in the league," and he's not the first person to say this. I feel like everyone is like, "Yo, I know guys that could have been in the league," but like, by the way, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Nobody from Westchester was. I like. Oh well, T Bag couldn't have made it to the exactly. league. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't from Westchester. <laughs> you lie. But but. You know what, though? When Sammy Maldonado was playing football for us and took us to the to the championship game twice, yeah. he won and brought that championship back to Harrison. The chip. And then he went to Ohio State. Everyone was like, yo, he really could have made it. And then... And then he did didn't not make yet. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, those were his choices. But you really felt like there were other guys beyond the six that you named who really could have made it. Absolutely. If, like, other things didn't come into their lives.
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's about... The talent, and I feel like so many guys from the neighborhood had the talent, but then it's everything else after that. Right. You know, it's the upbringing, it's the this, it's the that, it's the grades, it's the mindset, it's the, you know, all these different little variables that play a part in, you know, everybody's life decisions. You know what I'm saying? Not just a basketball player, but the little things that you do are little things in your life that happen that change the dynamic of everything. And that's the difference between the guy making it to the NBA and not. You so, know, I don't. did you guys see the Lenny Cook story? No. Mm-mm. We should check it out. You should mm-hmm. screen it since you guys are part of the guild and shit. I know. <laughs> the Lenny Cook story was is an is a excellent example of that. It was a guy from New York City who was right there with Melo, right there with Stat, right there with LeBron, right there with, you know what I'm saying, all these guys. And for, after you watch it, you'll understand, but just, you know, a series of like bad decisions and the wrong people in your ear and shit around you, it changes your life. And you go from being, you know, one of the best ball players in the city to, Guys, not knowing your name.
0: So, what was the turning point? What was that moment for you?
2: For me to not play ball? No, (laughs) it was shooting. It was (laughs) right when I went on the court and I was like, "These motherfuckers is good."
0: But what was there a moment where you're just like, "My life could have gone like a totally different direction if it wasn't for this." Your sliding doors moment, if you will.
2: I think I'm just wired a little different. You know, I grew up. I come from very humble beginnings, you know, my pops wasn't around, you know, my little brother's dad raised me, my mom had her struggles early in my life, you know what I'm saying, so it was a lot of stuff that I could have used as an excuse or used as a crutch, but I feel like all those things motivated me to want to do better, to want to get out of the hood, to want to prove something to myself and everybody else, and you know, I just felt like I was better than my situation or circumstances, and so it was like, it was just like figure out how to get out of this shit, and you know, and make it better.
0: Were there other people around you who had those same dreams?
2: The only reason I really rapped was because of two guys um, from my from my building who I saw do it. You know, I saw them in talent shows. I saw them get fly haircuts, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like they rap, like they about to be on, like it's about to be crazy. For that, and it, and it, it was um, their, their names were um, Deadly and Dangerous. Shout out the guy, shout out to Flave. Deli? Deadly. Deadly, oh, deadly and Dangerous. And um not Deli. That's a different guy. I grew, I grew
1: up in an Italian neighborhood, so that yeah, was
2: a fat Italian guy. Yeah. Forget about. Yeah, but um, you know, they, they they along with a few other, you know, like neighborhood legends like Mighty Rail and, you know, everybody who was part of Supreme Forces, mm-hmm. my man Space, my man Kill. Those guys are telepathic. Those guys are the ones who By the way,
0: no one with ice in their name. Just... No no ice. No
2: ice. These well the ice guys were all the hustlers. All the cool hustler guys was ice. They all had BMWs and yeah. you know what I mean the souped up maximas and shit. But yeah, all these nice. guys made me <laughs> made me feel like um I could do music and and like it was it, it made it really, really tangible, like it was mm-hmm. right there, you know, I saw them do certain things, and I was like, Wow, you know, I could do that like I think for me being being the artist of rapping, it was like I needed the least amount of tools. it was like even to play basketball, you gotta have a ball, you know what I'm saying, right, so I was like, yo, all I need is a pen and a piece of paper to do this. And if I don't have that, I just need to build my memory. So either way, I already had everything I needed. And that's kind of what led me to to being a recording artist. And you write your rhymes. I do write them down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes.
1: Somebody writes your rhymes for you is what I was trying to get at.
2: No one writes my (laughs) rhymes for me. (laughs) I write my own rhymes down And I used a book um, um, until I, I started writing in my Blackberry Right before I made the jump from Blackberry But um, for a really really long time I still wrote my stuff down like in a book I was and still buy rap books You're left handed?
0: No I'm not left handed
2: But I have a bottle of water <laughs> in my right And so that's why I did it with
0: my left Maybe you were just shooting wrong with I'm the wrong hand i <laughs> with these bitches though <laughs> Wow like, the court, You were just shooting with the wrong hand this derailed your Do you want me to
1: write that it. for you and then send it to you so you don't forget it? You know what? Ambidextrous with these bitches.
2: Actually, what you could do is send me a copy of this particular podcast. Uh-huh.
0: You see these guys in your building and they're doing it at what age? Like, are they high school age? Are they, they like were, middle they school? All,
2: they were all a little older than me, but not by much. And um, where are you? Are
0: you middle school, high school?
2: I started rapping. I was in elementary school when I started rapping. Oh, okay. I can remember being in public school. And being a rapper, like, banging on the table and trying to come up with stuff. Um, you know, I didn't really get fully, fully engulfed in it until middle school. And that's when it was, like, really, really on.
0: Were you part of any, like, group?
2: I was in a group. So, Deadly and Dangerous. Not Delhi. <laughs> but Deadly. When yes. You enunciate. Announce, mm-hmm. Deadly and Dangerous. Um, one of the guys in the group, guy, he had a nephew. Named Robert Who was my Because they were a group So I had to be a group I had to be in a group Sure So me and Robert Ended up in the group And we were positive. Wait did you audition? We didn't audition <laughs> We were just The other two kids in the room yeah. And we were like Well let's us We gotta do it too And so We um we formed a group positive and negative.
1: Wow, it's like everybody has to have like their counterpart. Yeah,
2: I mean we were like a direct copy of these guys. So you know he's deadly, he's dangerous, he's positive, he's negative.
1: I mean you guys took it to like a really like basic level. Yo, we it was basic
2: and complicated. it was so like marketing plans and strategies. Dog, listen, man, CEO's mind that marketing plan was me. Yeah. We had Wait, the album you, cover mapped out. Were you what? positive or negative? Of course I was positive.
1: Did you spell it with an E at the end or no?
2: Nah. We, well we shortened it, so I was pause oh, okay. T. Post T. Wow. Ready we read it, it just look like post. Was this <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he was negative and I was pause T. Because was- there was positive K, so I couldn't come right, out and exactly. be positive T. So we mm-hmm. just shortened it to Paz T. Post. 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 No Malone. Yeah. This was pre post mm-hmm. Malone. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I worked at uh, AOL uh AOL and HBO they had a comedy website and it was called thisjustin.com mm-hmm. but if you read it it was thisjustin.com <laughs>
0: That was just one of the reasons why it failed yeah. but yeah. So okay so positive negative uh did you tell your mom at that point you're like yo just so you know, so you know we're, we're about to about take to off. <laughs> out there.
2: She knew, you know, I think she always knew that I had um a passion to make music. I grew up around a lot of music. She would listen to a lot of music. Like but what? also like a lot of soul shit and disco and you know, like everything that was popping like I guess in the early eighties when mm-hmm. I was a kid or whatever. So Taylor Dane my, I mean, definitely Taylor <laughs> Dane. I still listen to Taylor Dane. You got a problem with that much. <laughs> no, I I, oh. I said
1: that as the first example. Obviously everybody's <laughs> listening to Taylor Dane. Um Tiffany, you know, the my, whole the whole group.
2: My yeah. my um my grandfather was a, a really well known um party promoter, and and um, he owned a couple clubs, and he owned a couple of hotels, and he was a big shot in Harlem, Mr. Soul. So, you know, he had a bunch of clubs, and he had, um, like I said, hotels, and people would live over top of the clubs, and all types of cool shit. So anyway, there were always turntables in my house, always records in my house, and so that's kind of how I started. Like, I just saw it. It was all right there, and I I remember seeing um the Jimmy Spicer 12-inch for Dollar Bill, y'all, mm-hmm. and on the flip, had the instrumental. And so I would listen to the instrumental over and over and over until I could recite the whole entire song. And then once I got to that point, and I showcased that to my mom when she would have company over, you know, she called me out the room and shit. They'd take off the Millie Jackson, And they'd be like, "It's hey, <laughs> alright, do that thing that you do." And you know, I would perform. You're
0: like, "No problem." Uh-huh. Yeah, Absolutely. two, three, four,
2: and go! Better, yo. My little footy pajamas that was probably cut out. I was probably mad
0: tall for them shits,
2: but you know, that was that was the that was the start. That was the beginning of it all. Did, so, did you kill? I definitely slayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, could
1: slayed. you also dance?
2: I wasn't much of a dancer. You know, I could like a pop lock and shit. Now nah, I was, I was really kind of small as a kid because I was a kid and so I was small. <laughs> but um yeah, cuz you know like I wasn't abnormally big. Well, maybe that's not true. My mother said I was actually big as a as a baby. I was I forget how much I weighed. Have you ever she seen pictures of you? <laughs> no. You know, the reason what's up young Breezy over there in the corner. One of the reasons I chose this cover for my album art is because after my parents separated and we moved around and shit, I didn't have a lot of photos in my childhood and I didn't take a lot of photos. And like my teenage years. And so I was just like, here. It was like there was no recollection, no history of me prior to just being right here in the room. And so I went to visit my grandmom, and I asked if she had any pictures of me. Oh, I got a whole bunch of pictures. And she sent me to the photo albums, and I was like, can I have some? And she's like, yeah, take what you want. And so I took maybe like 15 or 20 pictures, and um, that, was, that was one of the pictures that I took. From, which is on the
0: cover of your new album, Entitled. Cop that shit. Which is in stores right now. Little bitch. Um, <laughs> but you know what's funny? And not funny, I don't know. Uh, but your Throwback Thursdays must start at a certain point in your life then, being that you had no pictures really you know what? My, a lot
2: of my throwback thursdays are from some people who have shit like people that i was in high school with that might have a group photo of us or like you know,
1: negative or... Right,
2: like my man Nag, <laughs> or like my cousins would have a, a, a candid moment of us as kids mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and i'd be like oh shit look i was there and i would just jacket and that would be that
0: were there talent shows in high school that you would perform in were you going yeah. out to like spots where would you perform
2: I only performed
0: On at- the Wonder Wheel.
2: <laughs> that was a big deal though. No. If you could if you could get your music played not at the Wonder Wheel, but if you could get your music played at the bumper cars or at the Himalaya, which was um the the rod that goes backwards and it doesn't really do much honestly you're not really just, like just selling really Coney Island circle. too well but you haven't been on <laughs> the Himalaya no what's wrong with your life first
1: of all we're from Riot Playland pretty much <laughs> so we're like I'm not Dragon about to Coasters. go on yeah I'm taking
2: you I'm taking you to Coney Island this summer
0: do they still have like freaks there like the the absolutely I know <laughs> she's still
2: living my old building you talking about Dana <laughs> oh you're not talking about little freak Dana Oh, oh, oh yeah, they got like midgets and shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about real freaks. I thought
0: you to see some freaks. When you my were, G. when you were, when...
1: <laughs> Eric thinks that Coney Island is stuck in the 1930s. Yeah, yeah that's
0: right. <laughs> He's like, hot dogs are uh, five cents, right? Bearded yeah, ladies and yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 I bet those are still there. Probably Definitely. see a few bearded ladies on the yeah on the yeah. Board yeah. Board yeah. By so the I'm way, Himalaya sounds word. like a dope club. How do you? It does. How do you get your music? You like slide it off to the guy running the? I
2: mean, yeah, you had to be. You had to know somebody. Uh, it was like, I guess it was payola did you ever
0: work on the boardwalk like at, on uh, any of the rides or anything no no
2: no i was definitely too good for that i worked <laughs> i worked at mcdonald's you know really what I mean? with some type of dignity to myself hold
0: up that was your first job or no
2: my first job my first real job was mcdonald's yeah. did wow. you
1: run register
2: i did not does they, it make
1: it sound like I, I'm an insider? I'm like, did you run register?
2: <laughs> they kept the register go- jobs for the girls. I guess they were more trustworthy mm-hmm. and probably or... could count better. <laughs> probably knew math a little. So better. were you? Did were you working the fries? I definitely worked in the kitchen. I wasn't on fries. That was for bitches. No, hold on, hold on. Mm. I was Wait, on first burgers. of all. No, have you
0: listened to Kanye? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. This week he be full. Next yeah. week is the fries. Yeah. No, I was on. I was on burgers. So the cool shit about me working at McDonald's was that. It was in the neighborhood And so they hired All the neighborhood kids So it was just me Hanging out with my friends that And somebody giving us Money for it And we could eat All the bullshit food We wanted
0: That was bullshit food and though And
2: that was definitely That was absolutely And that was the cool shit Like for me Any situation I'm in Maybe, like, 97% wise, I can make a good, you know, I can spin it and make it good.
1: Well, you're positive.
2: I'm positive. I'm positive. <laughs> positive. You know what I mean? So,
1: Negative, on the other hand.
2: Fuck this job. <laughs> fuck these fries and these burgers.
1: By the way, growing up, I don't know uh, how your mop game was in McDonald's. My mop game was crazy. Well, you didn't work at McDonald's. No, no I worked just, at the Purchase Community
0: House. At the, at the Community House, which was in like an after-school, like, you know. Rec you, Center you, sort yeah, of rec thing. Rec Center. They taught you how to mop, and they called bad mopping. McDonald's, McDonald's mopping. mopping, and that's Ooh. when you go side to side. Mc McDon- no, uh, sloppy. Also, yeah. they hated it. Like you can't do it while people are eating. Like that would right. dissuade people from being there.
2: Right,
1: right, but you're right. supposed to push forward. That's how you mop correctly.
2: Interesting. I haven't mopped in a number of years.
1: Yo, so let's I have a mop off. I don't recall. <laughs> let's have a mop off right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> so in high school, though, where are you you're getting your music played, like here and there. But what's the what's the big move towards like making this a career at that point?
2: Coming into as little as this is it was such a big deal was to leave Coney Island i had to get out of Coney Island i had to start coming to the city started doing talent shows i mean you know we would do like brooklyn public cable tv shows we have a little talent performance things and we did that and then we took that from you know doing it in flatbush to doing it in crown heights and then we took it from that to actually entering manhattan now you are was...
0: still positive negative at this point
2: no 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 oh. at this point like that group was very short lived um i was in another group prior to that called i mean uh, after that, mm-hmm. call the coalescence. Um, I'm sorry, what the coalescence It means to come together. No, yeah, I
1: yeah. I know what it means, I'm just How? saying it's a terrible. You got, neg- How? You
0: got, you got negative out of there, <laughs> <Coalescence>. <laughs> right?
2: It's like, let's get rid of this negative stuff, let's just come together. That's right. That's
1: like the most like early 90s. Well, for group sure, name. we would
2: call the co. Which oh, is whoa, cool. yeah, the
1: co.
0: the co is cool. And, the co is and cool. I'll yeah. take that. W- were you still positive? T?
2: No, 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 I was Tori at this point. So, in my rap names, um, after positive T. There was Zar, C Z A R, yeah. which is mm. a play on my last name Car, C A double R. Did anybody
1: think it was Caesar?
2: A lot of people thought it was Caesar. Mm. A lot of people thought it was. Um, were you rocking Czar? <laughs> Just a lot of. I realized how stupid people were. So I was like this is probably not going to work well <laughs> yeah. in the marketplace. So I changed it. So it was T S A R. It was positive T. There was Czar. And, oh, and then, right, Spice. And Spice was my rap name mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah.
1: There was another rapper named Spice, though.
2: Spice One? One? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was Spice One. He looked like a murderer. So I didn't want <laughs> to offend They him. would
1: not let him run the registers <laughs> at McDonald's. <laughs> they,
2: they would run the register <laughs> if he walked in McDonald's. Yeah. Like, take it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so I, I became Tore pretty early on just because I was like you know what real name no gimmicks mm-hmm. so you're
0: out there and you're performing here and there
2: It was just like get out there figure out you know how to get your name out there how to get your music out there how to push your before we called it a brand how to push your brand to as many people as possible and so um yeah you know like just doing talent shows and doing
0: were you your own manager? Still Was there any point Where you're just like I wonder if there's someone else Out there who could help me Like be my
2: Numerous times It never worked I think that the, The thing with me And it's not that I'm so demanding It's just that I want you to be as fully invested as right. I am, and I, it's difficult to find somebody who believes or who cares or he has the time, you know, right. especially when you're doing it at the at the early stages when there's not a lot of money coming in. It's like you can't expect somebody to do this shit 24 seven. They yeah. got bills, you know. I could do it 24 seven because at the end of the day, it's me. It's what I love. It's my livelihood. But for other people, you know, they just couldn't be that involved and invested, and so it never really worked out on the management side.
1: Who was I know Eric wanted to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you because it's my turn. <laughs> to talk um, and I'm talking right now who was the first uh, rapper that you met like first famous rapper Kooji like, Rap
2: in Queens what were you doing out there? I was rapping at Club was... Himalaya <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um, somebody knew Coogie Rap or somebody was in the studio with Kooji Rap or whatever I ended up in the studio with Kooji Rap and um, and I rhymed for him because he was Kooji Rap and he told me he was like yo son you nice son you, you like a Mike murderer and it meant so much to me I'm pausing because this is the stupidest shit I probably ever did. <laughs> I tattooed official Mike Murder on my arm. Wow, wow, where it still remains to this day. Right. Well, yeah, that's how tattoos work. Yeah, <laughs> not nah, unless you Soldier
0: Boy, then you just get <laughs>
2: off. You know, you got the Gucci shit on his face. Yeah, though. yeah, that was probably. And the, Pharrell took all of his stuff
0: off, um, but pretty pretty too. Good but decision. our friend Young Sav, uh, who works with Maybach Music,
4: Young Savage,
0: he, um, <laughs> he, he, he Instagram recently getting or or was he it Snapchatted it. Snapchatted.
4: He's getting a tattoo.
0: No, getting it removed. Oh, he
4: was
2: getting it removed.
0: And he was, you hear like the zzzz, and he just like, ah!
2: <laughs> it just
1: hurt. looked, yeah.
0: yeah, Which I imagine, I mean, that's got to be much worse than actually getting it tattooed in the first place. But right? it goes so much. quickly, though. Like you know, the way, the laser the, the laser shit coming off, I was just like,
1: whoa. I saw
2: Erica Minnick getting some of hers removed, too. Where I mean, were hers? I just kept watching her titties shake when she <laughs> was doing it, so I don't even know what the tattoos were. Yeah. Cause it with tits mm-hmm. I
1: mean, oh yeah yeah that's yeah. what happened wait where were they that's the story. what was happening i, I didn't know. understand the story at all I <laughs>
2: <made a breast. laughs> that's what you take, take from it yeah, yeah i was like wait a minute hold on she's a woman <laughs> you know what was i guess the the most like a pivotal moment was the first time i ever went to like a real recording studio again in manhattan um helter skelter were mm-hmm. were in there recording rest in peace to the big homie sean yeah. price um, my man, Mighty, from Coney Island, Mighty Rail, who grew up with Buckshot, close mm-hmm. close friends with Buck. Um, he he, he kind of took me under his wing uh, early on in the neighborhood as a kid. You know, he saw something in me. He liked me. And he was like, yo, I'm going to bring you around, people. I'm going to take you to this and this and that. And I thought he was just blowing smoke like a lot of people do. And um, one day, he knocks on the door. He was like, yo, um, I'm going to take you to the studio tomorrow, so be ready at such and such time. I was like, all right. And such and such time rolls around and... He's at the door, and we roll out, and we go to the studio. And I was a big, huge, ginormous bootcamp click fan. We go to the studio, and Rock and Rock were in the studio, and they were recording a song called "Soldiers Gone Psycho." And I was at that session. And that was just like the liveest ill shit. I was like, yo, this is it. It's it's this is go mode. Like this is what I wanna do. I wanna grow dreads. I wanna wear boots. Fuck these sneakers I got on. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going home barefoot. Fuck sneakers. Who wears those? Right. You know? Um, but that was a real big that was like a real, real big deal for me. You know, that that I told him I told him just recently I saw him at um at BB Kings where we were celebrating with Doug Down. And I was like, Yo, Doug, like y'all raised me in this shit. Like y'all was the you know, y'all was the catalyst for me doing what I do now and for as proud as everybody is of me i'm like yo without those moments early on i wouldn't have been able to be here right now
0: that's i mean it's it's pretty great to say that to someone to their face you know yeah, have yeah, them appreciate absolutely. it you know because i i think people sometimes try to be too cool with that and be like now nah, i'll save it and it It really it means something. I'm curious as to what you did in the studio that day. Like, did you sit around just like watching and like not say anything for the longest?
2: I was I was I was a fly on the wall. Funny enough, at 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 this thing at BB King's just recently, as I'm telling this story to Mighty, he's like, Yo, but let me tell you why I brought you there. They heard you on the radio. Because they used to do this thing on uh, Ed, Lisa, and Dre, like call a roll call. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. yeah. So you could call up Wait, and do Wait, do you that. remember how the roll call went? Sorry to interrupt What's your story. What's up, y'all? What you got to say? Who's on the phone with Ed, Lisa, and Dre? Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I did the roll call, and then it was another thing that they they would let you call in and freestyle on or whatever, whatever. So, anyway, you know me, I'm, yo, I'm raid from Coney Island, blah, 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 and I do my thing. Shout sort out of, to you for getting
0: up early, by the way.
2: They know. Yeah. i was—I will was always been an early riser. <laughs> okay. Like Even to this day, I'm up. 6
1: And especially the when they were like offering trips to Jamaica.
0: Were they? I couldn't go <laughs> Oh, anywhere. my God. I couldn't do shit. You were going to the Bronx. You were going that's to or Queens or whatever. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's it. They heard me on the radio, and they heard me shout out Coney Island. And so they was like, yo, it's the little dude in your hood from Coney Island? He shout out Coney Island Radio that get busy. So I didn't know that at that point. Um, and that's why he brought me, because I was the dude. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, after, yeah, he was like, yeah, you know, after we left and shit, I told him, like, yeah, that's the little shorty that y'all was talking about on the radio. That was him or whatever, whatever. So <laughs> just like a little dope moment.
0: Well, did you get anything done? Was it like
2: No, no, no. Like, it was it was literally just me did being Did you dap a him up? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, they introduced me and whatever, whatever. But I was just like a fly on the wall. I was, yo, know, literally happy to be there. Like, I was ecstatic.
0: Like, we, I was. When we first uh, started doing sketches um, back in, like, 2007. We got uh, somebody, somebody from OK Player, like, reached out to us and we're like, hey, do you want to come through to a listening party for the Roots new album? I forget which album it was, um, but they invited us down to, like, Karma or one of those clubs, like, down there. On right? First and,
1: like, First.
0: Something. And Questlove was spinning and, like, Black Thought was, like, working the room and everything. And it was, it was packed with, you know, big Roots fans and the whole thing. And uh, it's probably like nine or ten at night or something, right. and the crowd thins out over time. And Questlove, who loves DJing, did not stop DJing <laughs> until four a.m.
1: And by the way, so we were there, and we wanted to get Quest in a video somehow, mm-hmm. or like you know, even talk to like Black Thought and get him in a video, like something to to, to Just get move them along, yeah, right. and. Black Thought wouldn't talk to
0: us. Um, <laughs> this was so, like, so way before, like, this this smiling persona on, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, on Fallon. Before Fallon back, yeah. Black Thought. And then
1: um, Questlove, at least he was stationary, so, like, we could, like, keep an eye on him. And he
0: DJed for, like, six hours. But the two of us stood there, like, stood there, like, arms crossed, like, watching him. And it was it was cool, And we really appreciated it but it was going on forever and finally he stopped and he goes thanks for everyone for coming and we're the only two people there by the way (laughs) and he must have thought that we were gonna like kill him or something like he said that because we we go up to him at the end and we're just like hey i'm eric i'm jeff we're at that time we were the real and we're like we do this and we traded information or whatever and he was like well i'm glad this happened because i thought you were here to kill me like you were (laughs) the only two people here You know, left and you just stood there staring at me the whole time. Oh, that well, mirror. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel, I think it's a little shitty to
1: like interrupt somebody while they're DJing. Oh, f- oh for sure. You definitely shouldn't do that. That's yeah. the worst. Actually, what like. would I think what would be worse is interrupting someone while they're rapping.
2: <laughs> Probably well it depends on who's rapping. Some people need to be interrupted. <laughs> How about you stop right there where you are, mid verse? Let me take it from here. Right.
1: Yo, let me let me politic a little bit. Right. Um let my name is you.
0: Jeff. Right. Let me ask you. I have a website think. It's on blog spot at any point or like you know cousins being like what are you doing
2: it was never real to my family until maybe like today right (laughs) like last week no um well my family consisted of my mom for the most part and so for her she was very much traditional in what she wanted you know it's like go to school get a good ass job Work a mundane-ass job, you know, live a mundane-ass life, and die. You know, that was <laughs> what your parents want for you. They want the best for your you. Your parents right. want you to
0: die? <laughs> at some point.
2: Well. At some point, they want for you to be dead. Um, you know, my, my thing was like, I'm, I, I want more out of life, though. You know, that was never my, like, sit down at a desk, nine-to-five cubicle. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't my bag. So, it was always about me figuring out what I was going to do and everybody else had to catch on you know what i'm saying but for me it was like yo i'm gonna be on I, i'm a, i'm a, i'm gonna figure out how to make it i'm gonna i'm gonna be a rapper and i'm gonna go on the tv and i'm gonna do this and this and that. And i'm gonna be a big star and that's it you can't like you can't tell me anything different and so that was always my my focus and my drive and my passion so i think that one of the, one of the moments that like, really clicked for me, no pun intended, was working with DJ Premier. Mm. You know, he he came out to a, a show that I had with my group, The Coalescence. And, you know, at this point, now we, like, this is actually the 10-year anniversary of The Coalescence. We put our first song out in January of 2006. So, that was the first thing I ever had in the marketplace that, that you know, that was, like, really for sale and out there. Pressed up? Pressed up on vinyl. Oh. Uh, AV8 Records put the vinyl out. Uh, shout out to my man, Filthy Rich, who, who helped that happen. Um, I took said vinyl, two fat beats, and was like, help. And shout out to DJ Eclipse, who's been a big, big part of a lot of my story. Took the records in on consignment and was like, yeah, you know, if they sell, I'll give you a call. And that was it. But but what he did bigger than that was they would play it. He would play it on the halftime show. And shout out to Sucio Smash and Tim C, who was doing Squeeze Radio at the time. And they would play it. And... um Pumpkinhead, Rest in Peace, Mm -hmm. heard Promises, which was our single on Squeeze Radio, and asked us to do a show at Rest in Peace Southpaw in Brooklyn. Um, We rocked there. And, um, you know, that was it was like little things like that. Everything was like little, little baby steps. But taking it back to me and Prem, um, so Prem was playing the record. He was familiar. He knew my DJ in the group. He knew we had some other mutual friends that he knew. And so they invited him out to a show that we were doing at Temple or TNY, whatever it was called at the time. And it was like a talent show with like a faces in the crowd or something like that. And um, he saw me rock with the Coalescence, and he was like, I like him. I wanna. I wanna work with him. And that was it. You know, that was because that's the moment that changed. That was like the Monday night to Tuesday morning whole shit different. It was that moment um, after we did the, the records with Preem. But when he saw the Coalescence perform, you know, he heard me rhyme. He heard me on record because he's a DJ, so he hears that shit. But he hears a million people rhyme. Like every if you walk one city block with DJ Premier, he's gonna take nine pitches, listen to two verses, get four mixtapes. That's just it. Um, So it was something about me as a performer that made him gravitate to me more so than just me as an MC.
1: And so how did you keep in touch with DJ
2: Premier? It was all through a third party. Like I said, we had some some mutual friends. And so, you know, my friend was like, yo, Prem, Prem loved it. He's like, yo, he want to work with you. I was like, okay, but again, you know, you hear that shit and it just sounds so crazy and far-fetched. They're going to throw out Walt Disney. What? What are you talking about? So, you know, they said they said Prem wanted to work, and um, I'm only omitting the name because I don't know if they want it That's to be fine. known or whatever. But Eric Rosenthal. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Eric and Jeff was yeah. like, yo, Prem <laughs> wants to work with you, my dude. That conversation kind of went for a little minute. And what ended up happening was because Prem is Prem and he's always so busy, it turned into, yo, would you be down to do the record with Sky Zoo? That's somebody else he wants to work with. Um, And we know that you guys know each other and you guys work together. So would it be cool if we did the record, you know, one shot together, both of y'all on it, produced by Prem? And you could put anybody on the record and (laughs) Prem is doing the beat. I'm there for it. And, um, you know, one day I get the email, like, my sidekick buzz, I flip it, and it's like, yo, Prem said, come to the studio. Your sidekick. It was the side, wow. sidekick era. Wow. Flip my shit. It was baby. It was yeah. <laughs> flip my shit out. <laughs> Read the email.
0: Typed
2: <laughs> back, sent it. Flip my shit back down. Put it what back What
1: color up. was your sidekick?
0: It was gray. It's like a basic, basic gray joint. Did you have a clip or anything? Like You know what? I, it, I always thought,
2: I always thought belt clips was stupid whack. Crazy oh. back. But! <laughs> You had to have one though So people saw your shit You know oh. what I mean Just like you Stretch a little something so I'm gonna suck it Yo are doing it But yeah I, Yo I saw somebody the other day Yo this shit was as big as your plaque <laughs> Yeah you like the iPhone 6 Plus X Oh yeah 2000 XL
0: Like a Pop Tart
2: Yo this shit looked like a phone booth Like one is <laughs> like I was like yo fam What is that Like how do you do anything
0: Ridiculous no, I, I You did a care. what are those two? I
2: was like What is that <laughs>
0: Did you know Sky Zoo at that point?
2: I knew Sky Zoo. Funny how we met. As I digest these beans. Funny how we met. I was at an event in the city. It was um the Underground Music Awards. And that's me, again, just venturing out, getting out of Brooklyn, getting out of Coney Island, going into the city, seeing what everybody else was doing. Prior to me going out, I was listening to the radio. I didn't know about the independent scene. I didn't know about the underground I was listening to mainstream radio. I listened to High ninety seven. Yeah, I'm like, yo, I could rap better than everybody on the radio. This is this is all that music has to offer. Because at some point,
0: but could you sing better than Ja Rule?
2: I definitely could not hold the note <laughs> like Mr. Jeffrey Atkins. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I knew rap wise, though, mm-hmm. I go for it. I didn't know that it kind of split into like this mainstream and underground scene. And so me just listening to the radio, I'm like, yo, I'm nice, like. I'm going to get a deal. Like, it's going to happen for me because I can rap. These guys can't even rap. But I started going out. Long story short, I ended up at this event, Underground Music Awards. I'm like, oh, shit, it's a whole other scene. It's a whole other culture. It's like people who can rap and blah, 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 blah. That being said, I still like, I'm nice to everybody. As I'm leaving, I get in my car. I happen to be parked by where they put the garbage out at. And by my car, was this big-ass bag of CD's. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna listen to these. I grab the bag, put it on my passenger side, I'm driving back to Coney Island. You know, I take 12 hours. I'm driving back to CI <laughs> from Manhattan. I'm driving back to CI. I'm popping in CDs. Oh, you know, this guy raps. Boom, boom, boom. Terrible. Frisbee. Listen to this guy. Terrible. Frisbee. 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 I get to this one CD, Sky Zoo, Greatest flow on earth. I'm like, what the fuck is a Sky Zoo? Whatever. Pop the CD in. Oh shit, this is actually all right. Listen to it. First song is good. Second song is good. Third song is good. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe put all this bad shit at the beginning. I know how these guys think. Skip all the way down. Get somewhere later in the, in the in the project. It was dope. It was dope. It was ill. And I was like, out of all of those CDs that I had, that was the only one that I kept. That was the only one I was like, this guy, I could fuck with him. He's all right. Fast forward, maybe three weeks. My man Sean Don from the Justice League. You know, little brother and that whole thing. That whole thing. Um, reaches out to my DJ, Vega Benetton I was like, yo, I'm working on this project he was working on a project with Vega and um, he was like, yo, I want Torre on it you know, Vega was in the coalescence with me he was like, yo, I want, I want Torre on the joint and um, he was like, okay, word up he was like, and I got my man Scott Zoo on the joint, and I was like, yo, I know the Scott Zoo dude, I heard his music, I don't know him personally, but I heard his music so, we all exchange, you know, T-mail information whatever, whatever, <laughs> Dope. and we just, yeah, we just chopping it up on the, um, the sidekicks And, you know, Sky Zoo had just left North Carolina When I got down there I probably missed him by a couple days So we didn't meet Then, I do the record with Sean Don Sky Zoo hears the record Like, yo, your man, the Torrey Kid He get busy, blah, 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 blah So Sky invites me to the studio Out in Huntington, Long Island Where he was recording Shout out the Nice Tracks And um that was it That was, that was it from there From that day on We've been power.
1: Hey guys, we just want to take a second to remind you that this is actually not the first episode that we've ever done. There are actually many more, including this one with Peter Rosenberg of Hot 97, where he tells the story of going to
4: prom. And Diana came back to town for it. Wow. She was your prom date? Yeah. Oh, she was my
0: girlfriend. No, okay. I didn't know if like she went with someone else. No, 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 no,
4: event. no. Of course not. She was my girlfriend. She came back from Czech Republic just to go to prom. Wow. And graduation. You had a mail-in, Mail order. Order, mail-order that's prom date. That's amazing. When I started hooking up with Diana, she was dating this guy, Howard. Howard was a bit of a thug. Him and I were cool when he was dating Diana, but, like, I always liked Diana. So, and we'd been friends before that. So, she thought he was a dick, and she started hooking up with me, and I had been friends with her for a long time. He suspected it, and then she, like, broke up with him, and then we started dating, like, right away. It was one of those situations. And from that point on, it was always, like, weird between us, and I was always scared of him. Like, for (laughs) sure. Like, oh, God, Howard. And then he, like, got kicked out of school. And he'd show up every balloon, and, and people were like cowards here, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> right? And the craziest shit, bro. Senior year, now we're years removed. I get to Allison's dad's house for the after party. I'm walking in, blah blah. Chauncey or someone, one of my good friends, like, yo, Howard just you up? <laughs> I'm like, are you? fucking kidding me bro tonight <laughs> yeah to the, all uh, nights see, this is the night no and, and it sounds funny that was really the night like i'd <laughs> yeah, been prom night with my girlfriend of three years yeah high school sweethearts like this was a big deal and howard's there and <laughs> and somehow he got word of the party and was just like coming over even though he didn't go to school anymore he didn't go to prom he, he didn't graduate like what, what are you doing here i think he got, i think he got handled I think, i'm pretty sure allison's older brother jeremy was like who was two years... at this point is like a junior in college. Yeah. And it played on the football team. It was like a pretty, you know. He for, was at the prom? He was home for the summer. And he was kind of like chaperoning the party and knowing Jeremy in retrospect probably like trying to hook up High School. <laughs> I mean, but I, I really can't be mad at that. He was like nineteen. <laughs> I would have been I would have been hovering around the after prom party too. Like what he was like, <laughs> like taking scraps. Yeah, like he was still a cool, good looking older guy. He's <laughs> now in college. Like, what are you doing? Of course. I would recommend to anyone listening. If you are of that age and you have a sibling who might have an after prom, you should go. You're never going to have that opportunity again. (laughs) Well, that
0: was weird. Let's get back to this conversation with Ture. Was there any point, clearly, like, listening to mainstream radio and hearing, like, you know, guys on, on major record labels, was there ever a thought where you're like, you know you had this you had this point where you're like oh yeah there's definitely like this underground scene and i connect with all these people was there ever a point where you're just like if i wanted to i could get on a bigger label have that sort of life where it's like I, yeah the production is different the aim of of the songs is different the maybe the touring is different mm-hmm.
2: so i grew up loving hip-hop right and not mona scott loving hip-hop but loving <laughs> erica mena hip hop, yeah. definitely still love that um <laughs> So, for me, it was all I ever wanted to do. And so, as I'm listening to the radio, and it's changing from, you know, like, showbiz and AG to, you know, just hearing, like, Nelly, you don't know that the shit split. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, you you focused on just where you get your content from. The radio, the videos, none of us were, like, super internet savvy at that point. Shit like that. So, I was like, well, damn, I have to alter the way I make music now because this is what's on the radio now. And so I started, you know, I was fake mace. You know, I was wearing leather jerseys and (laughs) fitted hats to the back. And because that was what, you know, I'm like, well, this is where it's going. So I'm moving with the tide. I'm moving with the the flow. So once I discovered the underground, I was like, oh, it was like a big sigh of relief. It was like, yo, I could do the shit that I want to do. Like I could do the shit that I love and 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 still feel good about it and so you know I instantly just went right back to you know my day one of how I how I wanted to create and make music but you know had I not been exposed to that indie scene then I definitely would have just pursued it as as being like a mainstream rapper you know a lot of guys that make it come from the you know like a guy like drake I think he's a perfect example he know the shit. He know what it is. Love he was built on it. He was raised on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he took a bunch of cues from Fonte and, you know, loved when he did a record with them in Knife and just like all that shit, right? But he, you know, you get to that fork in the road or it's time to make a decision. It's like, are you going to stay down here? Or are you going to take it up? You know, you're going to take the elevator to the top floor. And I don't necessarily knock anybody that does it. You know what I'm saying? Like, do it if it worked for you. God bless you. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Peter Rosenberg and I were having a conversation, and we were talking about Pitbull. And I was like, yo, Pitbull is like the god of all sellouts. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful manner. I'm talking about I brought in the new year with Pitbull on my TV with a suit on with no side. I was in the room chilling. He was in Miami. But we was together. Right. And, <laughs> but I'm like, you remember TVT Pitbull? Yeah, for sure. He used to sure. Rap, like when mm-hmm. he was on that shit. So if it works for you, I mean, I can't ever knock that like more power to you get every dime you can get be as big a star as you can be if it don't work though you're gonna look crazy out here for me um i just i was just more comfortable in doing what i the way i do it and and feeling like at some point it'll catch on it'll catch up it'll it'll get me to where i gotta go and it's still a process like i'm still getting there but every year you know mad people ask me so what you looking forward to for 2016 and my mind can't even beans. fathom what definitely beans. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can't even imagine what's next because from when I came in at two thousand six to here ten years later I wouldn't have thought half the shit I've been able to accomplish I would have been able to do and so you know you can still
1: fit in your leather jerseys
2: the the (laughs) shit was all 6X so (laughs) yo I got a whole closet full of Mitchell and Ness jerseys that I can't wear I got a bunch that I can wear that are new that I bought that were right adult size Mm -hmm. and then I got mad 6X's So my man was like, "Yo, nah, just take him to the cleaners. They could alter him." I'm like, "Yo, dog, but the number, the number is this big. Like, it was the size of that dude's phone. There's no way they could fix it."
0: You know how you know how um, some people like, let's just say Yankee fans uh, specifically, because their jerseys don't have the names on the back; they just have the number. You know, there there are those people who get like the custom ones though, and put their like name above it. It's kind of whack, right, to put like your name on the back or something like that over that when there's not any name there mm-hmm. you imagine if there were people who had like what was, it was it was was it puff was number 1 and then mace was number 2 mm-hmm. if someone yep. did their own custom jersey where it was just like eric number 3 wait like, you don't think oh, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> super lame <laughs> yeah. i
1: thought you were going to say get the puff and mace ones i would get no, that those would be one, cool once and i get the, the money to, to do, do that. that
0: i'm sure fabulous is going to do that like one of these days although he probably got enough shit about like being compared to mace that he won't get right, the, right, the number right, 2, man, two but been yeah, on this, but yeah, yeah, like yeah, like what else has he gotten? Oh, he he had uh, a Steve Urkel one recently. He had the what a
2: Fresh Prince of Bel Air jersey, amazing.
0: He had the Ray Finkel one Ray- from Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, yeah.
2: He had um also the Shootout one from
0: um above the rim. Yeah, I mean it's just he's yeah, on yeah. a he's on a good streak, focused out here. When do you sign to to duck down? Two
2: thousand nine.
0: Okay, and how does that relationship build to the point where you're like, let's do business together?
2: I would say around two thousand seven. Is when I started building my relationship with Sean. Um first one that Sean really, Price. Sean Price, the greatest. Show me mad love. You know, we we met we met at the Sky Zoo function actually. Long story short, he heard me rapping and he was like, Yeah, 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 the bullhead nigga spitting bodies. I fuck with son or whatever, whatever. <laughs> That's what he's called me before he knew my name. Bullhead nigga spitting bodies. He he uh, too, invited he me onto know the US, studio. He didn't know you as Caesar. He did not know me as Caesar. <laughs> Czar or Spice or Paz T. <laughs> I was the bullhead nigga, spitting right. bodies. But he was super cool, man. I remember, like, again, back to the sidekick days and such. He was on AIM, Sean Guard, seven on AIM. Wow. And, Were there um, six others? Nah, it was just him. He started at seven, Cause was the guard of seven. So, what was mind blowing for me was, like, the first time he typed LOL to me. Because it was just like, yo, you mad hardcore? Like, what are you laughing out loud? You said, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. LOL. That was like,
0: that's crazy. He's a regular human being. Who knew? You should be like, You're not really laughing out loud. Like really <laughs>
2: yeah. laughing. But knowing Sean, he probably was laughing out loud. <laughs> yeah. He had this big ass, huge, like laugh. Yeah. Um, but he invited me to the studio session and somewhere in Brooklyn, I probably could have got killed, nor anybody else. We was in a lab, we was chilling. He was working on something for Babu. He was like, Yeah, I'm doing this shit for my man Babu or whatever. You got a verse, one want to jump on it? And I was like, Hell yeah. And A typical Sean fashion, we do the joint, we in a random studio, the song gets lost, it never comes out, whatever, whatever. (laughs) But I was so happy to be on the record with him, somebody I looked up to who was one of my favorite MCs, it was so dope. So that was my relationship, and then I knew Buckshot from being in my neighborhood since I was a kid, so that was another relationship. And then Marco Polo, the producer had a working relationship with Drew and Noah because he had produced stuff for the guys. And so when Margo and I got together and started working and putting music out or whatever, it just was like a natural fit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had never went to Buck and was like, yo, I want a deal. I never went to Sean, like, yo, help me get on. And, you know, they respected that. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yo, you're going to get it how you get it. And we respect that. You know, when I, when I, when I signed the deal, Buck was like, yo, it's, it's, it's so great to have you here. And I love the way you got here. You know what I'm saying? Like, Buck told me, that Drew was like, "Yo, we thinking about you know doing this thing with with, with Skyzoo. I mean, with Torrey and, and Marco Polo and blah blah blah." And Buck was like, "Yo, that's my little man. Like, yes, let's do it for sure." You know what I'm saying? So like, just having that, you know, having it come through the door the way it did, I think made it more solidified and valid and validated it more because it wasn't just me. Like, "Yo, I know you from the neighborhood. Put me on." It was like I got here on my own merit.
1: I feel like New York now, after years of Atlanta sort of leading what was going on, and um, Houston and LA, I think now, you know, has a, a, a wave. I think New York has like an identity again um, where it did not for a long time.
2: Let me ask you a question <laughs> who, who do you think is leading the pack in New York right now?
1: I w- it bums me out. I would have said Chinks Drugs had he been here, okay. but. Um, I said a piece of the homie Chinks for sure. But I think that. I don't know. I, I, I just. I feel like I listened to Rowdy Rebels mixtape, and I listened to some Davey stuff, and I listened to ASAP Twelvey, and it just like got me. Like I was I was walking yesterday. So you just
2: skip Rocky and Ferg. Well, no,
1: no, no. I I do think that those those guys. Um, I do think that that they are New York artists. Yes, I don't think they fit into my argument. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to ignore them for gotcha. right now. But I <laughs> but I I fully I think that they they do something that's so much bigger than. What feels like New York. Gotcha. But I was walking yesterday and it just like, I, I felt like, oh man, like, you wanna know what? Like, I do have this, this, before I used to be like, you know, New York has like it's it's share of artists, but I didn't feel like that energy was there. You feel I, differently.
2: I th- I won't say I feel differently. I like the energy. Anything that's going to bring attention back to the city and the tri-state area, I'm all for it. You know, I'm a New York guy. I'm obviously I'm a New York rapper. And so I love the fact that people care about it again and I love the fact that people are paying attention again. I think that and I'm just speaking for myself and my own career. I think that Kind of like Big Daddy Kane was a few years too early for everybody to accept some of the shit he did. I feel like when we came in, you know, because now I'm going back eight years. Like Daily Conversation was January 08. So now we eight years in. I feel like eight years ago, people didn't care to care about New York because of what was happening in the South and other regions. And I'm like, yo, but I've been here all along doing this, waving the flag, making the same music. The shit that you love now from a Dave East or from a Troy or from Action Bronson or, or Joey or whomever. I'm like, yo, but we've been doing that the whole time. That's what confuses me about all of this, by the way. But now I'm the old guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm Because
1: people like. But I don't like think the, that you're doing, like, anything different than, like, a. Not Joey Badass, but, like, you know, a Dave East would be, I, I guess, a, a better example. And it's like, I don't understand why he's not labeled underground and you are. Can you explain the difference between underground and.
2: I think it's just a. Box that people put you in and it's just like so hard to get out and that's it you know what I'm saying like unless you go full full you know like shiny suits or you know whatever the full sellout is at this point unless you go like full throttle you are always gonna be there I think that I make music that can have mass appeal and success do I do I make a, a lot of music that comes from the same authentic Aesthetic of a boom bat feel Or work with guys like a Pete Rock or a Premier Absolutely but Premier work with Christina Aguilera you know what I'm saying Or like Pete Rock was on Watch the Throne You know what I'm saying so it's not like These guys don't work with people that are mainstream I just feel like once people Have that mind set up That you are what they say you are And put you in that box it's almost impossible to
0: escape You do have a song on here uh, Produced by Jaleel Beats right? Yeah that's like
2: my biggest Radio record Of my whole career You know what I'm saying It's only been out a few weeks But you know Shout out to You know High 97 and DJ Enough For playing And shout out to Sus and the guys At Power for playing it And you know It's been added to Hip Hop Nation And and all of that On Sirius and such
1: How did you get on Hip Hop Nation?
2: I have no idea Somebody (laughs) over there Must like me Pay me To be there Every day You know but It takes a song like that To open up people's ears and people like you know like my, my core audience is like yeah you know that record is is cool or whatever but it's not you know and I'm like that's the record that's gonna bring everybody else into the album and get everything else that I have on there. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta have like that gateway. You know, you gotta put the medicine in the applesauce.
0: You may be the quote unquote old guy compared to like, you know, a davie or an action Bronson or a Rocky. But guy. my favorite story in rap for years now, has been 2 chains. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was around for ages, right? And he just... Reinvented it, himself, it, yeah. And he kept putting product out there and he put product out that people eventually liked. Mm-hmm. And then it got hot and it just snowballed. I don't think that like age is really a thing anymore, per se.
2: I think that some of the... Like, the dopest artists and people that, you know, I mean, I, exclude Nas, exclude Jay-Z. These guys are, you know what I'm saying, like, iconic. But, you know, even like a guy like Ross, who's relatively successful, you know what I'm saying, like, puts records out. He's of a certain age. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I also think that he makes or he has a certain feel in his music that's very um, authentic to, to the sound that people who are my fan base appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of soulful shit. You know, what he get with the Justice League, that's just magic. You know what I'm saying? Now, whether you love all the content or not, that's one thing. But I feel like the actual feel of the music and the sound of the music is not so much different from what I do.
0: Do you feel like the underground and your fans specifically would have a problem if you did a full project with Jolly Old Beats?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's
0: unfortunate.
1: Absolutely. I don't
2: get that. I had people when the track listing went out, I had people debating and mad because Jalil Beats' name was on the track. I'm like, yo, you didn't even hear the song, dog. That's crazy. Like, it could be the hardest, dope it. Like, you didn't you just basically went right off of Yeah, I don't I don't like the fact. I wish it's it, um one of the guys like, man, I wish that said um Ninth Wonder instead. And I'm like, yo, like and there's no shot, I'm just saying, like, Ninth could've sent a terrible beat, Jalil could've sent a great beat, you more so caught up in the names of it all than the music and this is what it's supposed to be about it's the music
1: wasn't that the same thing with like ben affleck playing batman and people were like oh well ben affleck could never play batman it's like well anybody can play anybody (laughs) same thing with uh donald glover playing spider-man like nobody could believe that that would happen it's just like people need to just like chill and actually wait for products to come out instead of i do
2: do think that a lot of the purists and hip hop are very close minded and that's probably the only thing I don't like about outside the fact that they don't fucking buy records but they're also very very <laughs> close minded and it's like yo open your mind dog like have a conversation give it a listen give it a shot before you already decide that you don't like it now if you listen to the Jalil Beach record and you don't like it and I get that some people won't like it but I think in the grand scheme of where it fits in the album and the story that it tells it works and I feel like if I had to pluck a song out to bring everybody else into the other 13 tracks and that's the one that did it then it serves its purpose
0: is it possible that you may do a project that is like beyond the scope of what your core fans may appreciate or understand or want you to do
2: yeah, I think anything is possible just because I'm an artist and I like to create. You know, even when you look at um, my, my um, what was the name of that shit? Heart Failure. The Heart Failure mixtape. My least liked project from a lot of my core audience. A lot of people just didn't like it. But it was for a few different reasons I made the record. I, I definitely wanted to um, tap into the female fan base in that audience. I also wanted to get away from... What had just come out, which was Double Barrel, which was very hard, very street. It was on Duck Down. It was very New York and Gritty and tims and Hoodies and Guns. And I was like, and I'll be stuck right there for my whole career if I don't do something that's the polar opposite of this immediately. And that's why I did that. And those records are still all over MTV, still get licensed, still enable me to go to the studio and pay Pete Rock or Premiere to do the shit that you love. So
0: how could people be mad at that?
2: Because people are fucking idiots. (laughs) (laughs) I love y'all though. Thank you for the support. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, it's like, I, I wish I could come to everybody's house and have this conversation because a lot of people just don't get it. They don't get the way things work and they want to believe that everything is one way when it's not the case. It's like, This is still a music business. This is still what I do. So I still got to pay my rent. So when you turn on Viacom and you see follow the rules and the first thing you hear after Ja Rule talks his shit is a Torre song that generates money. That's the money that I use to make this album. Like this album was not funded by Kickstarter. Let's just go there. Man, people like, yo, you did the album with Kickstarter. I'm like, dog, Kickstarter was $10,000. That paid for two beats. No exaggeration. It literally paid for two beats and that was it. And as
0: long as those beats are not by Drilil right. beats,
2: exactly. <laughs> but you know, and and for me, it wasn't about you know getting money for the project. It was about figuring out how to connect with the audience on a deeper level, past the just music. But you know, to go back to my points, like people just don't understand how how a lot of this shit works. You know, they they look in on the surface, and I don't expect everybody to understand the inner workings. But I do wish I could explain it to them so they could have a better. Grasp of why things happen the way they do.
0: First of all, you should get this album just because of Terre, but if you want to hear features on there as well, Mac Wilds is sure, on here. So you like Mac Wilds more than me? He's also in the breaks. Fonte is on here.
1: So sure, you like Fonte more than me? He's also on the breaks. Facts.
0: pharaoh Monch. Not on the breaks. Not, not on the breaks. Them's the breaks. Then's the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> he break down Them bars though Teacher Moses She's beautiful You Remember her From MMG Saul Williams I mean there's a bunch of There's a bunch of features on here You were saying At your listening session By the way That the original idea For a Mac Wilde song Was like Totally different More like yeah. uh, uh, Sort of Up tempo Something and, sexy For yeah. the ladies This yeah, this man. was something more um, This just
2: This just came out About organically But like I said then It's one of my favorite songs yeah. I love it Um, Yeah everybody was Was relatively Like my thing was Not to run around chase people reach try to get a name yo I'm on Sirius XM do this for me or, you know what I'm saying Like, it was none of that it was like I want to work with people who want to work with me people who get it people who are fans or people who have that mutual respect and that's everybody on the project so nothing was nothing was a problem
0: And but I feel like that also speaks to like who you are as a person right? that Facts. they, that they and, like, deliver this, this that is quickly delight. that's a sign of respect <laughs> well, that's, I don't want to run dope. into him at a party <laughs> 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 waiting on that verse entitled out in stores right now they can find you also on Sirius XM
2: absolutely monday through friday 5 p.m to 10 p.m eastern on hip-hop nation sirius xm channel 44 bringing you straight (laughs) hip-hop hits period i have uh old
1: oj the juice man drops for serious hip-hop nation so here's a bunch of oj the juice man drops that i was sent years ago Hey,
5: what it do? Oh, man, this your boy OJ the Jew, man. And right now we on Hill Hop Nation, cuz this the hood tour, you know what I'm talking about? We on this big bus. They got like 12 beds, oh, man, 13 beds. Forget the bed in the back, you know what I'm talking about? The big bed, oh, man, we on the bus having a good time on this hood tour right now on Hill Hop Nation, man. This your boy OJ the Jew, man. I'm going to tell y'all the concept behind Make the Trap Say, hey, hmm, let me think back. All right, me and Goo Gucci, that is. You know, that's my big dog. We was at Zay Toven house. Zay Toven's the producer. Zay Toven made the beat. We had Zaytovin house working on a couple of records. And I stumbled across to make the trap say A track. Oh man, Juice Man. What you do when you stumble across that track? I went all the way in, cuz. I'm talking about I went in. I wrote the hook. I wrote two verses. Put it and presented it to Gucci. Uh Gucci, that is. You know what I'm talking about? Oh man, and he did his part. And after that, it was a classic. <laughs> now that we talking about Make The Trap Say A, we're going to hit y'all across the head with Make The Trap Say A. Here it is right here. finna to bring it to you live on Hip Hop Nation. Make The Trap Say A. hey, hey!" Welcome back to this hood tour. We still on the bus right now on Hip Hop Nation. You know, Juice Man still in the bid. I just want to let everybody know my big inspirations in the rap game. Oh, man, I'm going to take it back to when we was listening to cassettes. You know, it was people like... Uh Doghouse Posse, uh Ruthless Juvenile, Tupac, Biggie. Then when the No Limit days and cash money days came, we was on that venture right there. Doing like big inspirational and um and keep people to my to my rap career like when I was growing up, like looking for it and not even knowing what the rap business was about But me going to buy their music And then we just sitting in the hood Listening to their music And now that I'm in the music industry I'm making music So it was all a beautiful thing by me coming up in that culture that them them guys that that i mentioned was putting out good music and i'm glad that they was there for them to put out good music for me to hear and since we was into them throwbacks right now we're gonna go back into make make them say um by master p one of them real 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 platinum records you know what i'm talking about they went out of here and got that boy some light hey Hey, this your boy OJ, the Jew Man. I'm still on the hood tour, cuz. Still on the bus, about to wrap it up. And I'm finna talk to y'all about my jewelry and my car game. Oh, man, Jew Man got, like, sound car, cuz. How I keep up with the car note? How I keep up with the car insurance, sound car, Jew Man in the building. We still on this hood tour on Hill Hot Nation. Jury game insane. Oh, man, he need a doctor. He sick. And right here is the good night record. Me and Goo Truth, produced by Speedy. Hey! How do you fill up five hours? There's so much
2: shit going on that it's just it's relatively easy. You don't just like repeat bits throughout You're the like, day. So <laughs> if you guys were listening to three o'clock hour. This
0: is brand new. Do you have it? Wait, wait. Do you have any like regular callers who were just like, there's something about them that's just like crazy? Not all there. Yeah, I
2: definitely had one crazy guy who
0: was called call every <laughs> Sunday. So
2: much so that I think he scared off my assistant from the weekend. Like. He was just a really, really weird dude He kept talking about wanting to come up to the show But he wasn't an artist That's not weird Artists always say that He was just He would call in And he always was very opinionated Depending on what the topic was Sure He was like, yeah man So when I make my way to New York You know, you gotta have me up there in the studio And it was really, really weird man. It was was really weird For the most part I just get like drunk people Or people who like that You know what I realized Is that These kids are fucking crazy, man They like to have fun they like to have a lot of unprotected sex. They like to do drugs. Like who are you are the, talking like, about? The kids that listen to
0: the show that call oh. up and you guys. No. These are the these are the type of people that you attract on these your show. Your type
2: of people that listen to what the program director programs <laughs> on Hip Hop Nation. Not gonna put that shit on me. Yo, I talk about like shit. Like I think I was talking about when I got on Snapchat. You know, I was talking about my Snapchat and I was talking about how I was so late to Snapchat because I couldn't get my name and you know. People started talking, calling up and we were talking about social media and hooking up on social media media and it was so many girls like girl after girl talking about hooking up with dudes and fucking at the first time and I was just like, yo, this is nuts. <laughs> one girl one girl was so bad that like the next three callers How bad call, was she? So bad <laughs> Yo, the next three callers called in and they didn't even want to talk to me. They were doing like an on air intervention. They was like, Yo, Shelly, listen to me, man. This is Kevin from Massachusetts. You gotta get your life together. Like Yo, she was talking about she 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 was messing with this one dude and they got high and drunk and she woke up and his friend was smashing and there was no condom and she blacked out and but she didn't take any issue with any of it. Like it was mm. just like a regular ass weekend.
0: No, she sounds great. I was like, Duh, yo, the- get your life. Your radio show is like Loveline all of a sudden. Yo, like- <laughs> for real. being like, hey, call me up.
2: Let me know how I can help you with your life.
1: Wait, can you do one of the throws that you do for the radio right now? Where it's like you being like, you know, like, um,
2: yo, like, call in. Let me know, like, what your thoughts are on this. All right. So I'll be like. Listen, man, it's your tour guide, Torre, right here on Sirius XM Hip Hop Nation. I got my guys, the Rosenthal's, here, and we're talking about so many different things. Now, you know these guys from their sketch comedy, it's <laughs> the real. you see seen them poke fun at a bunch of rappers. My question to you all is Do Jews belong in hip hop? <laughs> Hit me right now, 87760Hip Hop. We're going to talk about it, baby. Uh, that
1: was great. That was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to use that as a drop. That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Tor, thanks for coming <laughs> to the Upper West
2: Side. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for the salmon. It smelled delicious. It looked great. Yo, good luck beans, with the beans. beans <laughs> right. no, you guys need luck
0: with the beans because once they go in they got to come out. <laughs> thanks, man. Peace. Thanks, everyone, for listening to A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. Would you like to do it again next week? Um, yeah. Let's do it again next week. All right, it's a deal. We'll see you next week, next Tuesday. Until then, A Waste of Time is on SoundCloud, iTunes. Go tell a friend. Go rate, review. Just you know spread the word talk about it on twitter just put a big banner on the back of a plane and fly it around new york let people know it seems like a it's it's viral marketing go do i'm it. just saying it's bad for the environment go go do it not
1: only are you spending money on gas but you're also spending money on paper that's love though thanks for listening Bye.